only thing better than watching TV is taking it personally. You guys, it's taking it personally. I am so excited for this episode and an update, a to-be-continued from the Andes Girls we just recorded. So welcome to Taking It Personally, AG guest co-host, who I don't think has been on tip as of yet. So this is a true new beginning. Co-host of Daily Blast Live and NAACP award-nominated host of Come Back with Erica Cobb, a podcast and social media show. Erica Cobb, welcome to Taking It Personally. Ooh, I'm so excited to be here. It feels so personal. It is so personal. So speaking of something that people take very personally, or at least Teresa did, and I guess Melissa maybe as well, we talked on Andy's Girls about whether or not sprinkle cookies are like problematic when given to an Italian, I guess, over yeah. Christmas. You spoke to your mother-in-law. What was her verdict? Yes, uh, from the Papalardo delegation. Uh, she says that as long as they're from a bakery, they can't be in a bag from a grocery store. But as long as they're bakery cookies, they are A-okay. Wow. And I feel like there are going to be many Italians with different takes. The bag mm-hmm. thing is interesting because that is what if the bakery uses a bag? If I, I, I didn't get that, but okay. if they're from a bakery, she said that the only no go are cookies in a bag from a grocery store. Okay. So I'm assuming that's like your Chips Ahoy, you know, animal cookies. You know what? <laughs> I mean, LOL. You know what? What if it was a platter from a grocery store? That might have been Ooh. what Melissa tried. That's a gray area, but I would mm. lean on the side of like, maybe that's not great. If you did stop and shop, I love a stop and shop cookie, but that's part of the issue here is because it's not like the like, most... You know what I'm saying? It's more like maybe it's a mass production. Yeah, it's a mass production issue. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm so glad that we got to the bottom of that and got some clarity because that was really going to stay with me for the rest of the day had we not. I understand. I really get it. Uh, Listen, I'm so excited to deep dive a little show with you that AGs might know as my number one favorite show on Bravo, also known as Married to Medicine. So I need to ask you, where does Married to Medicine rank for you in terms of personal enjoyment? Um, Married to Medicine is way up there for me. Um, I, I would say that it's married to medicine has to be in my top three and those kind of, they sometimes, you know, I'll get like Potomac has been up there for quite some time. Uh, Beverly Hills has been up there for quite some time, but occasionally like, you know, Miami peeks into the top three. Um, I I mean, I just love, you know, I love all things Bravo, but Married to Medicine has always consistently been a, a top tier show for me. Do you have a spiritual Married to Medicine cast member, someone who might be your fra- favorite, but they also might be someone that you feel connected to for better or worse? So my most 
spiritual one, like on the nose, would have been a one season married to mediciner, who is Buffy Purcell, who I've talked about. Um, I think she, I really wish she would have stayed on the show. She has so much to offer. I say that from a very personal standpoint because I do consider her a friend. Um, which was something that happened years after, and it was so organic um, that it almost had to be placed back in my mind that the reason why I knew so much about her, you know. Um, other than that, I think there, which is might be surprising to people, but Quad, there's something about quad and i don't say it as the quad that we necessarily see on married to medicine i say it from the quad that i know her to be um we worked for the same company for a couple years when she was doing sister circle sister circle was the brand that was uh was jump started at the same time as my show daily blast live so we had the same um well, I guess our senior creators or, um, yeah, we have the same bosses. So I ended up on sister circle, um, like in person and like did some things with them while they were on that show. So I know her a little differently. What do you think married to medicine has gotten right about quad? Um, it's interesting. Cause now I've already like listened to her two parter with Carlos King um it, it, so quad is interesting because she is she was the sleeper and anytime you're a sleeper and you excel there's a lot of feelings there coming from people who never thought that you should excel or would excel and then there's a chip on your shoulder as a sleeper who is excelling because people don't want to necessarily give you your due, although you've earned it and you've earned it in a way that most people didn't even see it coming. I think it's a very impressive rise. And because there's a lot of ego involved on both sides, B gets this villain nature, but I don't think it's coming from a vilified place. I think she's kind of like, I earned this, show me my respect. Like I was showing the reverence and kind of falling back season one. She was always on her game, but I do think that she um, had a lot of respect for her cast members and stuff, um, more so than they necessarily had for her. And how do you feel about certainly the most recent episode of Married to Med, but just the overall trajectory, maybe, or the almost trajectory of of Quad being back in the circle this season? I think that her being iced out of the show is an epic failure for the show. And I don't think that if they successfully ice her out, they're going to like what happens as a result. I think there are times, especially in an ensemble situation where you aren't necessarily going to see eye to eye with everyone that's on your cast or on your team. The devil that you know, so to speak, is always going to be easier to work with than the devil that you don't. And someone's going to have to fill that slot and they're going to fill that slot without having the history and the context of everything that's happened over 
um, the course of Married to Medicine. And Quad is such an integral part of that cast that icing her out is going to hurt everyone. And I don't think they see that. Alternatively, what if the show is in a place where the thing that makes Quad so special to the show is also the thing kind of like keeping her from being back in the fold? Because it, it feels like the the entirety of the cast and then Phaedra, who's kind of gray, but mm. doesn't have enough invested or, or want to put herself out there and maybe also just doesn't agree with Quad and is not willing to defend her, just feels like she does not fit because she doesn't really like anyone there or maybe just doesn't have stakes with anyone there. The thing that made her feel so special and individual, now it's like, well, she just might not make sense with as like a piece of the puzzle. Yeah, I think what we're learning about Phaedra in real time is a little of her can go a very long way. And I'm not saying that um, just just disparage her in any way. I think Phaedra is amazing television, but we really forgot who Phaedra was um, throughout the years and getting her in these small doses in these one-off, you know, uh, ultimate girls trip situations is amazing. But when you get to the heart of Phaedra, I think you start to remember why she got in the situation that she was in with Atlanta. I think when I listen, and granted, I'm being skewed by listening to Quad on Carlos's um, podcast, but I thought it was interesting because Quad talked about how Phaedra came on the show and that Quad was the one who was the bridge to that and actually did like audition tape and everything with her. So for Phaedra to turn, especially before the middle of the season, gives me opportunist vibes. Um, I don't like that move. Like if someone, she clearly wanted to be on the show. She clearly wanted to get back into a, you know, full-time on Bravo situation. And the moment that it turned out that Quad was going to be on the out, then she just all of a sudden doesn't want to film with her or stand in her, you know, alignment with her, especially when they were introduced as like real friends when Phaedra came on. So I don't like that. That gives me like very dark vibe when it comes to Phaedra. It just, it's an opportunistic thing. And of course, everyone's looking for an opportunity opportunity, and they'll do whatever they need to do. But for her to turn so fast on quad makes me question because what they'll do to you, they'll do to someone else. Right. It's hard because, I mean, the Phaedra of it all, the fact that at the very end of the episode, she's like, oh, LOL, I'm not dating that doctor anymore who you guys never met and who I never named. And but I'm dating another one. I was like, what? Because <laughs> if we are, to be fair, if we are talking about how a person remains on this show, mm-hmm. ideally, you are married to med, dating med, yourself med or friends with someone who's in the cast in such a way that it makes sense. And so there has, I think, been a little bit of a asterisk or question mark about Phaedra's boyfriend because it just felt um, 
so like such an organic shit <laughs> in a way that I was like, what's happening here? So the fact that she just dropped when she's on the show, she was like, it's no longer a thing. Like, I'm sorry that I just started laughing because I was like, for that to end the episode with no mm-hmm. further conversation to me is honestly really smart. But with Quad, yeah. what is, I mean, her history obviously makes her very organic for returning to the show. But the difficulty here is she seems to be trying to, just my perspective as an outsider, as a viewer, sort of persuade the cast that she had, that she's invested in them, that she wants to return to this friend circle, you know, cast show, television, et cetera, that she wants to return and repair things, but she's not owning up or taking accountability. Like there would be steps there in place, I think, for this to be less of a bumpy ride, but she just doesn't have capacity to do that other thing. And it's hard to have both. So this is where uh, Quad and I, I, I would split with Quad because um, her tactics of of coming back and like kind of bringing to have a cohesive run with the group she she doesn't necessarily understand or is choosing not to verbalize at least the damage that she has done because she's holding that out for them to verbalize the damage that they've done to her. And in a situation like that, where you're on the outside and quad definitely is, you have to kind of, you have to, you have to make a decision that you're going to eat. You're going to eat it. Like, okay, I'm just going to, I'm just going to say, I did this. It was uncalled for. It wasn't the right thing to do. And you have to be okay with them acknowledging what they did to you or not. And clearly, they're not going to do that. This is a really great chance for Quad to say, I never should have, and she did say this on Carlos's, but um, I never should have um, implied that Toya and Eugene were somehow connected to Anila's break-in. That was dark. She knew she was wrong and she apologized for that. Now, did she apologize in the moment? No, but she has apologized. She didn't apologize in the moment during the episode. She apologized with Carlos after the fact. Right. Okay. Right. Now, had she done that and been like, these are the things where it seems like you're hung up on this because I crossed a boundary with you. Let me apologize. Then you're in a situation and a reality show where it's like you show contrition they don't have to uh, respond or reciprocate. The audience is going to hold them accountable. And she wasn't able to do that. And I think that's the reason why she's in the situation that she's in. Because she could have just been like, listen, I'm over this. A lot of things have happened for her. I think that she is um, you know, showing a lot of emotional maturity on this side of it. If no one else is willing to meet you halfway on that, then that has to be on them. It can't be on you because you can only control what you can control. I would have just eaten it because by eating it, and I've learned this over the course of many mistakes that I've made, but by owning and being accountable to what I've said and done, 
not caring if the other person does the same, it's only worked in my favor. So that's something that happens, you know, obviously I'm not on a reality television show, so to speak, but I do work with an ensemble cast and we are on television and in ensembles, you're not going to see eye to eye on everything. And sometimes you have to be like, this was my part. And if they respond with, this was my part. Great. If they don't great. And I think that was quads law. Now, do I think it was the best move for the rest of the cast to decide to ice her out and send her home from Napa? Uh, no, that was foul. And that's the reason why they're being held accountable by the court of public opinion right now. I was kind of fascinated by the fact that Quad was flown out to sort of be broken up with. And I wondered... Mm-hmm. With the OG meeting plus Phaedra, LOL, where they invited Quad to their hotel room in order to be dumped, um, which was honestly kind of an iconic move because it was just so wild. <laughs> the way that they were like, Unbelievable. We don't want you on the show anymore. So this is how <laughs> it's going to work out to fly her to Napa to do that is something I don't know that I've necessarily seen before or at least seen in that way how much of that was a cast decision of just like we refuse to film with her and that's happening at the trip and how much of that was production where could it have been in any way where they thought it was a moment i don't know mm, here's the thing two different things are happening and they are a million percent in direct contrast to one another production is over here saying Quad is the focal, quad is the nucleus of the season. How are you going to invite Dr. Gregory and his new wife, Sweet Tea, back? It makes no sense to have them on if quad isn't there. That has been the storyline. Like, it's the prevailing storyline. Then you have the cast that's like, enough is enough, and we don't actually need quad. We're going to ice her out. You have no idea like so production and the cast are completely at odds like make it make sense how are you going to ice out the nucleus of this season you don't get any of the resolve or the conflict or anything if quad isn't there and they ultimately brought them back dr gregory and his new wife to have some sort of conflict with quad they were talking If Quad got paid every time her name came up before she even entered, which was what, episode five, I would have asked for compensation for every time my name came up, whether I was filming or not, because she clearly is the show this season. But the cast is feeling some type of way about someone who they say selectively comes back and forth. Quad's playing this game where she's like, this is a TV show. This is for the entertainment. I'm here to go to work. The rest of the cast is saying this only works because of our relationship on and off the camera. Both of those things are actually true and should be respected. If you have someone or you're in a situation where you don't feel safe and secure amongst a group that you're working with, and I know this is a very odd scenario to do that in, then it's okay to say, this is my job and this is why I'm here. It's also, if I were the cast, Um, decision to be like, well, she's always on the outs. We don't have any need to protect her. 
because she's not, you know, she isn't really a part of our group and that's by her design or her choice. It's so many things that are happening right now. And my, my fear is that it's enough to bring the show down. What? Yes. Oh, really? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. When you have multiple people in an ensemble cast deciding that they are going to make production decisions, you, you've flown the coop. I, I hear you, but like, how is this different? And maybe it's not. How is this different from what's happening on Salt Lake with Monica right now? The cast is refusing to film with Monica. Monica might not be back as a result of that. Is that a right. bad thing? Because it's as a result of alleged behavior. Yeah. So we haven't seen that. Yeah, yeah. And also, Monica isn't a part of the fabric of that show. I think she's a great casting choice. I think it would be a mistake not to have her back. But that group has also said they weren't going to film with people before, and they absolutely did. I mean, Monica can't have possibly have done anything worse than what Jen Shaw did. And people said that they would never, you know, Meredith was celebrating her demise in a bathtub and all of a sudden she's best friends with her. Like they know how to play that game. I think to them, to, and that um, example, this is still a game that's being played because we're talking about it. We haven't seen them ice her out, but this group on Married to Medicine tried to fire a castmate during filming. Like the audacity, like for us as viewers, I'm sitting there like, that's not your decision to make. And how dare you change my cast? Like, this is my show. As we, ha- we take ownership as viewers. Like, you can't, you can't make that decision. I can't imagine. That'd be like me walking into work on my daytime talk show and being like, mm, I'll mess with this person anymore. They need to be gone. And just being like, you don't work here anymore. Where, who can do that? And I'm like, y'all are also very, very smart people. You know you need quad. Heavenly knows. And Heavenly will talk out of both sides of her mouth, but she knows that quad is needed. I don't understand what what they thought they were doing. I really don't. It made them look so bad. And then everything that's happened since then with Dr. Jackie, like it you can't create a weakness, especially in a minority cast that has organically grown. Y'all have to be together. You just have to, because people are already looking for cracks everywhere. So the moment that that happened with Quad, it divided the constituents Mm. of the show. So when the Dr. Jackie video came out, it's a mess. It is a hot mess. What do you, what do you do now? It's like, do you go and are you trying to like figure out the quad situation? Are you trying to figure out your group situation? Are you trying to protect Dr. Jackie? Are you, are people are questioning production and why she was chosen because apparently it was a Bravo situation. Buffy's uh, talking, speaking her truth, which by the way, Buffy has always spoken her truth about her feelings on Dr. Jackie. And now people are like digging in, listening to what she has to say. 
but it's it's a mess. It's a mess. Okay. There's a lot here to unpack. Yeah. Sorry. But no, don't <laughs> apologize. This is phenomenal. I, um, so I think my difficulty is the fact that I don't typically follow what social is saying about shows. Like I'll go off of a sense of like maybe what people are messaging me or and maybe stuff that I'll see on content creator accounts, but I don't necessarily know the temperature in the room or the temperature in the room that I'm feeling is in a bubble of like a specific audience. So I don't necessarily know of what, you know, a couple hundred thousand other people are thinking and feeling because I might not hear that opinion as often. Mm-hmm. With the quad of it all, it's tough because just in watching that episode, I was genuinely like, oh my God, they're literally freaking out. They flew this woman to Napa to break up with her. And then she has no one to film with. So she has to try to make monologuing look organic while she's back mm. in her hotel room, which was, that is a tough thing to be expected. Because when you were, the whole thing with reality TV is like you externalize what you're thinking internally. That's typically yeah. the love language of reality TV, certainly Bravo. But ideally, there's someone to externalize with. But also that moment mm-hmm. to me was a little emblematic of the issue here because truly, if the cast doesn't want to fuck with Quad, I just don't know how you resolve that because it does not feel like during that time or the time prior to getting to this point, she was really able to give them anything to approach a solution. She was holding so strong to, I cannot take accountability because then that invalidates my perspective and my experience. Mm -hmm. So if she's doing that, uh, apologies, I didn't get a chance to see the full interview with Carlos. I did see the full Instagram live that he did with Heavenly responding to the interview, which is like, one of the wilder things that I've mm. seen and I I couldn't more highly recommend watching it cuz it's just it feels like a sweeps week style Instagram live it's just it's very wild it's like very dramatic but with the quad of it all if she's maybe opening up to to Carlos that's that's great that's also sort of like to me all fine and good but it might be too little too late like I don't know how we Get, maybe the issue is just the decision being made. I also sort of don't believe that the cast just kind of reached this, or maybe they did. They just reached this that night and they were like, pick up cameras. We've got some stuff to say. Like, I don't see how production wasn't involved in that. Mm-hmm. There is ultimately an executive producer, right? There are people who are thinking about the storyline who might say, to the cast, you don't have the ability to fire Quad, but that didn't seem to happen, which makes me feel mm. like, is the cast being used as a surrogate in which to deliver this message? Like, is that really fair to them? But I don't know. Why, though? Why? So, okay, first of all, for those who haven't been to Napa, Napa is like over the river and through the woods, okay? If you're flying into San Francisco, you got about an hour, 45-minute drive to get to Napa. If you're flying in to to Sacramento, you got about an hour to get to Napa. That's like without traffic. It's a journey, okay? It's not something that you go and you like pop in and you pop out. Like that had to have been an all-day thing. 
So I was mad about that because I used to live in Sacramento. So I know how long, and I know the, the journey to get there. Okay. The next thing that I was questioning was why Dr. Alicia wasn't there to have a conversation with her, although she knows very little. Quad could have absolutely have used Dr. Alicia, who apparently she was rooming with because in the beginning, they made the big thing about where Quad is rooming, but you didn't see anything from her. And Dr. Alicia could have, is she a doctor? She is a doctor, right? I think she's, I don't know that she's a doctor. I thought she was married. Her husband is a doctor. Okay. Well, I just gave her a doctor title. Alicia. (laughs) She's she's professionally, she's the neck to his head is what she said. I'm the neck to his head. I'm how he's able to move. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Neck. So she, she should have been there and she could have used the camera time. So it was kind of shocking that they didn't utilize her at all. Now, the thing about why I don't think it was a production decision, and I really do think it was a casting decision, is because production clearly has set this up for it to surround quad. Sweet tea. And Gregory, although it, there's been some moments where I'm like, whoa, one, we remember why uh, Gregory was the actual villain, not TV villain. Um, and also Sweet Tea is so raw that it's like, you know, she's going to give us things that we haven't seen from most housewives or anyone in Bravo in quite some time because people get so polished and she's not polished. So I appreciate that point. But I think that that was production that made the decision that the season was going to revolve around quad. And then it feels like the cast made a decision that they don't need her. And I think it was a bad, ill-informed decision. But I feel like there's a, a, there's like a step that we're missing here. Not that, that, that I feel like there's a step that's where production says to the cast or says to quad this isn't working out before we hit that moment let's try one more time and they did try it was that dinner and or was it a dinner it was a dinner and Mm -hmm. or drinks it was something something napa and they tried and quad couldn't get there like i i feel like there's a step that's missing but it involved quad's participation and and a response to her behavior Ciao, AGs. I am speaking to you right now from Rome, Italy, where I am having a little bit of a European adventure. While I love the city and have had so many unique experiences to historical sites, the Vatican, we went to the Pantheon earlier today, there was a little bit of a hiccup in the apartment that we're staying in. And while I really enjoyed getting to know Fabrizio, the owner of the flat, there was a little bit of a language barrier because I unfortunately do not speak any Italian, even though I have watched The Sopranos all the way through at least three times. And this is where Rosetta Stone comes in. What would have helped me enormously in traveling abroad would have been brushing up, also known as entirely learning, the language of Italian. It could have broken down barriers and conversation with Fabrizio. And I also think speaking the language of the place that you're in is a sign of respect to the locals. It's also the ability to fully immerse yourself in the experience. And me not knowing any Italian, apologies to my grandpa Reno, who did make pizza from scratch, it would have been an incredible and even more incredible memorable experience. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, that's right, 
German, Chinese, and even more. Rosetta Stone immerses you in so many ways. There are no English translations, so you can really learn, listen, and think in that language you want to learn. It's designed for long-term retention, which is especially helpful for me because while this is my first trip to Italy, I really truly hope it won't be my last. The lifetime membership that Rosetta Stone offers has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in life. That's lifetime access to all 25 language courses that Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, AGs can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, today. Ciao. Hey, AGs. Are you ready to add a touch of luxury to your home, just like the Real Housewives? BCC Villa Rosa. Introducing Home Threads, where style meets comfort for the ultimate glam experience. Picture this. Chic furniture, one could even say chic c'est la vie, that mirrors the elegance of your favorite housewives' mansions. With exclusive designer collections and a curated selection, HomeThreads.com has everything you need to make your space as fabulous as the housewives themselves and always at the best value. Unlike Joe Gorka's initial attempts at windows, perhaps. Now, I have to tell you, I know that Padma is no longer on Top Chef, and may her memory be a blessing, but nothing has made me feel better prepared to host future seasons and potentially even iterations of Top Chef Upper East Side Edition than the Henkel's clad 10-piece stainless steel cookware set in silver that I got along with a two-piece stainless steel ceramic nonstick fry set from Zwilling thanks to Home Threads. It makes me feel like I am finally ready to be a top chef one egg over easy at a time. They're gorgeous. They look great in the apartment. For someone like me who lives in New York City which with a very small space, what I have in my kitchen is important because guests who come to visit me see it. And I'm so, so thankful to have discovered Home Threads because now I feel fully prepared to make eggs a la Francais. Head over to HomeThreads.com today and live your best Real Housewives life. Go to HomeThreads.com slash AndyScrolls and get a code for 15% off your first order. Again, that's HomeThreads.com slash AndyScrolls for a 15% off code off your first order. HomeThreads, love where you live. I feel like there was definitely a step that was missing but I, and I, I don't disagree that it involved quads participation, but they had clearly made a decision from jump that this was going to be the move. Like nothing, everything about, ev- everything about each one of those scenes gave me the impression that this was all orchestrated. So when, when quad came to the table, hat in hand, and that, transpired into her being told to leave Napa. I was like, it was such a, it was like whiplash. We've seen so many different conflicts. How is this the straw that broke the camel's back? 
Like it didn't even feel like there was an opportunity to breathe. And I do feel like given, and I can understand because from Toya's point of view, and it's always been this thing back and forth between Quad and Toya. And from Toya's point of view, I can fully understand like you're getting an opportunity to do this thing in business. This is real life to you with actual real stakes. I don't want any energy that isn't for me around in this situation. That's very real and that's to be respected. So Quad didn't need to necessarily come with her to the vineyard where she was doing the meetings and stuff. She could have been somewhere else at that point, but you didn't even give her an opportunity to rise to the occasion of showing her support. She said that she was going to support Toya I would assume as a business person, she was going to follow through on that. Cause it seems like it seemed to me, the resurrection was over the top. Mm. <laughs> like, intentionally, intentionally. Yes. Yes. At least. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. This is the brainchild of when quad and Phaedra conspire when it's good. It's going to be like, it's going to be TV, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really was. But other than that, it was like there, there is this, and then Toya was blindsided. So I can see her reaction. You know, I can understand her reaction to all of that. But you have to give her at least, or not even her, you have to give the audience the ability to either see that your case is going to be supported or see that you were absolutely wrong and this person is moving in another direction. We as the audience didn't get to see her action behind what she was saying. And that's the reason why they're getting backlash from the audience, I believe. Because you can't make an executive decision, a truly executive decision to, quote, fire someone in real time and not have the audience have all of these examples in the moment. It's almost the difference between some of these, um, some of some Bravo shows, they're all technically a series, right? They're all, they all kind of pick up from where the last season left off. But some of them, the seasons are so compartmentalized that they become serials in some respects. And I think when you look at the ones that lean more into a serial aspect, like, okay, season one's a wrap and that's a capsule. Now we're going to season two. And we have these two people who are in conflict and they're going to make a decision to resolve their conflict in the name of keeping storyline moving. I feel like those are more successful because when you start talking about old stuff, the audience is over it. I don't care. Like I can hearken back to season three, but we're in season eight. I want to know what's happening here. And I think that's the issue is there's so many feelings that have been carried on because this is a pretty close friend group, they're saying, you know, they're bringing what's happening off camera on the camera. And what I'm saying is the audience member is, I don't care. Like, I don't care what's happening or not happening off camera. I'm not watching off camera. This isn't the Truman show. This is married to medicine. I want to see my conflict and resolution on screen so I can make a decision. And you're taking that autonomy away from me as a viewer. It's like I hear you and you're making great Mm -hmm. points, but I still kind of find myself. Um, I like I wish I agreed with you. Like I wish I had. (laughs) No, I really do. I'm like I'm struggling because I, 
because you're making really great points. It's just a, a lot of this like behind the camera stuff we actually saw on camera. It just you have to take into not you meaning literally you, but the the viewers taking into account the entirety of the history of the relationships that we have seen quad in with other members of the cast, including her now ex-husband, over the course of many years. There is something karmically that leaves a terrible fucking taste in my mouth that Dr. Greg might quote unquote win. The fact that he wants camera time, his ex wants camera time, and he's the one who's going to continue to get it, that gives mm -hmm. me so much agita. I can't even tell yeah. you because the cast has never held him responsible to what Quad has said, has discussed, mm -hmm. happened during their- And what he has said too. Yeah. What he admitted to. Yes. And when it comes to toxicity and him not listening to his partner, it does seem that like some of those behaviors are continuing to exist with Sweet Tea. Um, I think that there has been moments- unrelated to quad quad is the reason that they are on the show sweet tea is singular in who she is and how she interacts with the rest of the cast that has not oh that actually did involve quad the decision of inviting her you know upset toward phaedra upset toward heavenly for certain behaviors there is a quad element there but i do think that like sweet tea still does to me make sense just because she's like I don't know how long she's going to last on the show. I don't know if she's going to be there next season. But, like, I do think there's stuff to discuss with her. But with Quad, it's just, it's the thing I really struggle with. Because I'm like, there's nothing organic about this. There's nothing organic about her interest in having relationships with these women. And also the reverse. So, like, it, it feels like production is trying to make this thing happen but maybe it just couldn't happen because there is no... The thing with Married to Medicine is that there have always been such significant stakes that these women love each other, that when there is conflict, like with Mariah and Quad, it is so intense. It, it is visceral. It's You feel it in your bones. I mean, the si and, and when it comes to relationships, the single best reunion cycle that I think most people could agree on of any show of anything that's ever aired on Bravo mm -hmm. is the season five reunion cycle yeah. when the cast decides, Dr. Simone, you're not filing for divorce. We are mm -hmm. going to figure this the fuck out. Like in the words of Andy, it was the realest shit he has seen. Like it, it really, to me, felt like it was and because the stakes were so high. But if Quad does really does not want to have relationships with these women above to me, like a little bit of a super, I don't want to say this in a, in a critical way, but like superficial in terms of like skin, like the top layer of skin. She wants to have a relationship with these women, but she can't activate that. And the cast certainly does not want to do that. I don't know how they could have continued to make this thing a thing. I agree with you, but I have to bring up the elephant in the room why is phaedra there then because phaedra phaedra was brought on by the woman who you're saying you don't i mean i'm giving eyes phaedra make it make sense on. phaedra to me you will not know more, more information because you've seen the entirety of that interview with carlos but like to me phaedra was not brought on by 
quad. Maybe she was like introduced by quad. I introduced. Think a, yes, yeah. I think that was a production decision. I think yes, Phaedra yes, was yes. cast because similar to Tamara being back on Orange County, Girls Trip helped a number of people uh, when it came to interest in seeing them back on Bravo. And so there were questions about is Phaedra going to go and be a part of Dubai. That didn't work out. So Phaedra is now a part of Mary to Med and she has this quote unquote <laughs> doctor boyfriend. Very real. This person definitely exists, mm-hmm. which is how the connection was able to be solidified. But the entirety of my being, I, I do not believe that like I-, I think about it through the lens of housewives. How is um Anne Marie, Anna Marie, how was she introduced to the show? Because she's a like, quote unquote, casual friend of Kyle. No, because she was cast on the show. She went through rounds of casting. And there needs to be a way to introduce her to the environment that feels organic. So with Phaedra being on the on the show, a person can argue, as I would, that it's completely not organic for Phaedra to be there because it feels like she was cast and added on to the show. I don't disagree. I 100% agree. Yeah. But the cast is getting along with her. She fits while she's there. So like a- a- Alicia, why does Alicia have any organic relationships with anybody on the show? I honestly really genuinely forget how she was brought onto the show. If it was through her, through her husband. She's, you know, kind of in the background on all of this, but she yeah. doesn't, it doesn't feel like this doesn't make sense. With Quad, it's like, it just isn't it it just isn't working like how at a certain point had the cast not done that in Napa what would we have gotten we would have gotten more of what we're what we've been seeing which is like a situation not working see here's the issue though is a thing a thing or not a thing so when we're suspending reality to watch these reality shows good point good point then you have said the story has gone that Quad and Phaedra are thick as thieves. Thieves. I'm not saying that Quad actually casted Phaedra on the show, but in the storyline, you're telling people that they have a relationship. When Phaedra brings Quad in in a coffin, which actually isn't a coffin, it's a casket. Those are two different things. I'm the daughter of a mortician. Um, yeah, <laughs> I know that. That my dad's a mortician or a funeral I did not director. know that either, but the difference yeah. between the casket, is it that, is it wood? Is it casket or is it the sides of it? What's the difference? So the coffin, it has to do with like the seal. It's the shape and then it's the, how it's sealed and, and the material, I I think. Okay, yeah. Interesting. Okay. Sorry to interrupt. Yes. Yeah, so you're getting more of a vampires have coffins. Love uh, it. Love it. Love people it. generally have a casket. Okay. Um, yeah. So Phaedra is now bringing Quad in to do her like Mia culpa, whatever that was supposed to be of the resurrection. So you're showing to the audience that these two have a relationship and Quad's introducing Phaedra onto the show and Phaedra's reintroducing Quad to the rest of the cast. Like maybe we can make this work. So if we're to believe that as a viewer then it would appear that Phaedra would be on an island. The other thing about Phaedra being there is that it is clear that the HBICs or OGs or whatever you want to call them don't trust Phaedra. They don't trust her. And also, 
Yes, for good the reason. Have eyes. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. <laughs> the hills have eyes and also Queen V's because who is Dr. Jackie super tight with? Candy. Oh. I mean, I knew the relationship with the surrogate. Oh, that never connected in my head. That never connected in my head specific to, to Phaedra. So Dr. Jackie is never going to truly, and there's been rumblings. There's been rumblings. She's not going to mess with Phaedra. And there's really no reason. And then Dr. Heavenly is, she is very smart as a doctor, but she is super street smart. Like she's never, that, that is never going to be a real relationship and they're not selling it. They're not selling it. The difference to me here is like with the, you know, your uh, two production, essentially, you're trying to convince us that Phaedra and Quad have this deep, connective friendship. But now we're seeing because Phaedra said not a fucking word during that breakup scene in Napa. She didn't say anything. So it's like, oh, so now it looks like this is artificial, right? That could be a critique Mm -hmm. of the dynamics presented, that it was presented in a way that was too artificial because it is a house of cards and it immediately fell down the second that there was any kind of majority tension against Quad. Phaedra was like, I don't really give a shit about this person. Right. Totally, totally, totally agree with that. The second part of that that I struggle with is like, right, because it was artificial, because Quad does not have any existing relationships with anybody on the show. So it worked to get Phaedra on the show. It worked to connect Quad with returning to the show. But if it's not a real relationship, or if Phaedra doesn't consider it a real relationship, but I would argue it's probably reciprocal that both of these women like understand the value of each other, but there probably isn't like a nightly telephone call. I... What can you do with that? That's the issue is that it doesn't make sense. I don't, I, I I'm fascinated. I'm as fascinated by your perspective as I'm you are. I'm the only I, person. I'm concerned I'm the only person. No, no, no. Totally wrong. No. And the shakeup is going to be super real, especially with there being like a huge scandal and everybody talking about it um, on social media surrounding Dr. Jackie. So I think that people are going to be actively changing their minds. But what I see was a situation where they had the opportunity to let this quad storyline play out. I go back to, I think it's production versus the cast because technically based on how this season was built, you have, we are actively ignoring that Quad and Dr. Gregory had a physically abusive, toxic relationship of which Dr. Gregory admitted to. Now, when it comes to like fighting for me, I will watch a fight with your words all day long. If you get physical, it is a wrap for me. I am actively, there is something that I'm not messing with right now in the world. Because you put your hands on somebody, uh, we have no, that you cannot be, we cannot breathe the same air. We cannot. Because if you put your hands on one person, unless you've gone through very intensive therapy with a lot of consequences, I'm not trusting that you're not going to do that again. And also do that to me. 
You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll mess with that. Mm-hmm. So him coming back on makes us have to absolutely just what forget that that even took place. So we're supposed to forget that took place. Okay, great. So we've forgotten that took place. You bring on his new fiance wife and no quad. Like there's no like resolve. So you have an actively unresolved thing, not saying that, you know, they've been divorced for over five years, but like, so quad isn't going to be a part of that at all. Why did you bring them on? Because when Heavenly talks about it, she says that she was, she always had quads back because she knew that quad could take sweet tea. Well, then you know where this storyline is going. So why are we now ejecting quad? Because after five episodes, you think that sweet tea and Gregory can stand on their own? Or is it about the show and the fact that quad held out for those five episodes until her contract was negotiated? And you're feeling some type of way about it because it feels like it's about the show. 100. That is such a good point. And you better believe I am sure that a lot of that tension underneath is like, we're all supposed to pretend that you want to be our friend, but you waited until you got the number that you felt was appropriate, which God bless. That's any number of housewives have done the same of like, oh, she wasn't. Oh, look, and now she's available. Like any number of Bravo Lebs have done that in reality TV people when it comes to the negosh. But that's the thing that they can't say is like, well, right. are you committed to us? It's like, well, if she was already on an island and people feel like she's coming back mid season or after the season began, that's going to elicit some additional tension. Between I think yeah. Quad and everybody else. Yeah. And Dr. Heavenly alluded to Quad saying something to the ex- uh, extent of, um, you know, I'm just here for my check. Quad didn't seemingly confirm or deny that th- that was said. But ultimately, I'm seeing a fight about the show. And I don't want to see a fight about the show. Like, I want to see what's organically happening, which is an opportunity for them to either come back together or have this other storyline with Dr. Gregory and uh, Sweet Tea. Like there's all of these other things happening, but they're stuck on this and they oust her. Like I didn't like, it felt, it felt like nasty work. I didn't like it. I wonder how production feels about this. Genuinely. I wonder if they're thinking to themselves, this didn't work out. I wonder if they're thinking to themselves, you know, ideally there had been some sort of conversation prior to the show of like, in order, what do we need to do to make this feel more organic or connective? What does the rest of the cast need to do? What does Quad need to do? And is that something that is deliverable? Because why then, why else, unless you're, uh, unless the storyline is tension and tension can't last forever at a certain point, the cast is going to be like, I'm tapping out. And Quad has every right to be like, I'm tapping out. The problem is that she wanted to stay in. But the language that we're using is not, I want to stay in this cast because it's a job and I deserve to be here because I have job experience. And I'm the reason, one of of 
several reasons all connected to the OG is why this show has been so popular for so long and and something that the viewership feels devoted to. You can't say that. She can't say the thing that's like the most honest part of this. Like you're not in a position because it's not a cast. It's a um, friend circle to say the reason I want to be back is because it's a job. I want to be here. I want to get a check for my work. And so we're going to try to figure this out. But because the show is built around friendship, that completely falls apart. Mm. And people can have broken the fourth wall before. The problem with breaking the fourth wall with this is like, it's the very framework of the show itself that would need to be discussed as something that is artificial. And they can't go near that, which may benefit the cast in this circumstance. It certainly doesn't benefit Quad when it comes to like, doing her work. I No, I agree with that. I think when we think of friendships in the traditional or friendship group, then what would be real in a friendship group is someone being ousted or deciding that they're, you know, either they voluntarily take themselves out of the friendship circle or something happens and, you know, all of a sudden everyone's kind of turned on this one person, whether deserved, not deserved. I mean, that's for them to decide, right? But that friend doesn't just disappear in real life. Like, even if they're a ghost of friendship circle past, they still are playing a role, an active role in some there. It's just, it's impossible for you to be friends or that close to someone for that amount of years. And then once you're no longer friends with them, you don't think about them, speak about them, things, you know, decisions aren't made for good, bad, or indifferent based on something that they contributed to the group. So it's not authentic for me to, to see a friend being like thrown out, especially he didn't sleep with anybody's husband. Like it wasn't something that was like, there wasn't a smoking gun in that moment. That's, that's why I'm having such a hard time taking the leap of she had to leave Napa. That's the reason why people are actively rallying against the group because it seemed foul on so many levels and you just aren't really going to do that. Like, I'm, I'm still baffled by, I cannot, I, I just, I'm so disappointed. I'm so disappointed in what happened. I really am. Because also if you're going to make it about the show, I have a tremendous amount of respect for everyone on that cast, different levels for different reasons, but I do respect that cast and I respect what they were able to do. The first BravoCon, I remember going to Sister Circle like a week. I think it was the Tuesday after Quad got back. I was on the show and she made a comment and I don't think I'm speaking off sides or anything, but she was like, you know, I'm really, I'm kind of disappointed about, um, you know, I don't feel like we're fitting in, in this climate. And to me, what that read was, which is also a reason why I was, I've been very, um, like very cognizant to really focus in on the black franchises. Not that I wasn't doing that before, but it was the representation of the shows being talked about outside 
of the show because it's so important. And I loved that you, from the beginning, were like, this is one of my favorite because I felt like they weren't really getting their just due. And we can look at it a million different ways. So to see the second BravoCon, them get so much love. And then this BravoCon, like there was, I, I had to fight to get in on some of these interviews, whereas this has been a gradual thing. So I feel like the success of the show has been so hard fought and has been earned like organically. And this is what you want to do with it. It's like, I feel like too many people are sniffing themselves too hard and not seeing it for the greater good. You have an opportunity. The vice president oh my God. of the United we didn't States. Even that. We the sitting vice president. This is somebody from 20 years ago. Yeah. That would also be fine. That would also be good. Show. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, yeah. I'm in. I'm in need for there to be a peer mediation, okay? I was a peer mediator in the eighth grade. I would be happy to peer mediate this situation and be like, everybody get your asses out of your behind or your head out of your behind. <laughs> get your asses out of your behind. We're doctors. <laughs> We're doctors here. <laughs> get your heads out of your asses. What are you doing? You just got here. Don't mess it up. This is real. This is serious for me. It's about it's about the show, but it's about more than the show. I expect better. I do, I do, and I think they're messing it up so epically, and it's disappointing. It's disappointing to see. Okay, couple things. Number mm-hmm. one, I fucking love this season. So I I feel bad because I feel like I should like be upset, but I've loved this season so much. Like I just there have been moments that have just made me cackle so hard that I just I still it's not to me like an issue of the delivery. I get the quad of it all, but just like with the episodes as edited, I find them very, very entertaining. The other thing is I am so glad that Married to Med it was like a battle royale to get interviews with them potentially on the press line. But the flip mm-hmm. side of that is their panel was was not filled. And that was heartbreaking because mm-hmm. they deserve to get their flowers. And the production for BravoCon did the thing that to me had like they wanted to amplify Married to Medicine. So they put Married to Medicine in the biggest room. And I think it was in was it in conjunction with their 10th year? I think that was a part of it, too. But the problem was New York was happening at the same time in a smaller room. And New York people were like battling to try to get standing space in the room itself. It was beyond, beyond overflow. One of the few panels where people couldn't get in because they actually did a great job with the spaces, making sure that they were large enough. So I think people really were able to attend stuff. But then I'm in this room with Married to Med because I split my time during the panel and I was like, fuck, like it just, it's a heartbreaker because this is Mm -hmm. my favorite show on Bravo. This is, and it should be discussed and it should be treasured. I think it's, it is a show of excellence. The stakes are wild. The fact that Literally, the sitting vice president of the, was on the show, and that's not the hottest topic that people are talking about. It, it just to me is like who bears responsibility for that? I don't. 
I, I get it with the cast voting quad off the island. Like, I totally understand that. But I also think some of this is like a production issue. And I just want to say that sidebar saying to say that, you know, they gave Mary Timed the, the big room. It was the right call that Mary Timed deserved to be in the right room. I am upset mm -hmm. that attendees didn't mm -hmm. sit in on that panel. Like, I'm appreciative of the fact that the organizers were like, they deserve this. It's a hallmark year. It's a big anniversary. And and I'm. it just was sad to me. Maybe it's also because it was a much bigger room. So, like, the number of attendees look smaller. But it was it was. Like I took a video as it was beginning and it was like empty chair. I mean, it just it was it was a little mm. heartbreaking because these women deserve more. I just wonder, like, who really bears the responsibility of this? Like how much of this is on the women versus other elements? You know, I like, uh, uh, gosh. I just, uh, I know we're <laughs> totally different places with this, which is like, I am so, yeah. but I also feel so bad because it's like, I, I want to, I want to agree. And what I'm hearing from you is that a lot of people are upset about the quad of it all. And I can completely appreciate that. And I'm like trying <laughs> to like be in that spot. I'm just not in that spot or, or my feelings about it are complicated. I think, I think because I feel this way about Phaedra too. Mm. There, and this just shows like, and I'm going to try to like link this all together because there is a prevailing demographic of people who go to BravoCon and it's not diverse. It's very white. Yeah. So you're not necessarily going to get the uh, married to medicine, like, their largest demo, not necessarily. I I don't know what those numbers look like, but I would imagine, especially based on how I receive my social media takes or, you know, podcasts and all of that, they have a very black demographic, which the Bravo, like BravoCon does not. So I'm not shocked that, you know, people are going to, you know, their number one shows and not necessarily shows that they clearly are also watching or may, may be watching, but that's not, you know, it's not their number one show. So that doesn't shock me. But when I think about the Phaedra of it all and how her resurgence happened was that Phaedra has never been up until this point on an all black cast and she's being received other like after Atlanta i mean so okay. when we're getting little one offs you are not seeing her the way that we like you know original people who saw her on Atlanta are receiving her she also had the benefit of being seen for the first time by a lot of people who had never seen her on Atlanta the reason why the can the her leaving Atlanta and not being invited back and the candy of it all hasn't been a storyline for Phaedra because it hasn't needed to be a storyline for Phaedra. Now she's back in Atlanta with an all black cast who we all know the married to medicine, uh, Atlanta people like they're in the same rooms, you know, they socialize, you see them together, whether it's intentional or not. So it's only a matter of time that Phaedra is going to be called on the carpet for some crossover, if you will. And I think that that's a part of her self-preservation. 
going back to the quad element with the Phaedra element, I think you're seeing it when you watch Married to Medicine. I think that you're watching it differently than how I'm watching Married to Medicine. And I'm seeing it like you might be just, you're, you're, to me, you're watching it as another franchise. I'm watching it like the inner workings of the franchise and why it's successful. Because when I'm having conversations and I'm being asked by, and not that a ton of, you know, Bravo celebrities or whatever want my opinion, but as a kind of a culture commentator of Bravo, especially Black franchises and Black Bravo celebrities, I am speaking on those things. Like, this is what I, this is where I think you may have missed the mark, or this is where I think that, you know, you are excelling, you know, like just based on a, a viewer, not even based on my personal feelings. So I'm often going back and forth with a lot of these people because sometimes I love them and sometimes. I'm not feeling them right now. I'm in preservation or preservation mode um, because I feel like a very important franchise is in jeopardy. Mm. And that causes me a lot of angst and anxiety. And I'm looking at everybody like, I don't care who's wrong, fix it. Because if they don't fix it, then it's going to be fixed for them. And I do not think anyone is going to be happy about how it's fixed. I think I'm 100% watching it differently. I also think I could be 100% off the mark. Like, I'm not saying I'm just like struggling to, you know what I'm saying? Like, I could be 100% off the mark. I could be in like a very small group. Of, it doesn't even matter the size of the group of people. It could, it 100% could be off the mark. For me, it's like the question of quad to me is somewhat over. I know that she returns in the finale and it was a big part of the trailer for the midseason, but I don't know. I can't see a way for this to work out again because I just think it was fucked. But who knows? I don't know because I don't see the problem here is I don't see a kind of like fracture that hasn't or isn't already kind of being healed because I think of it specific to like this person isn't working out in the cast. I'm not thinking about it through the lens of like this person has to fit with the cast and how do we make mm -hmm. that happen? And I think that's the difference and, or that's one of many differences. And, um, and I don't have an answer to that because you, you mm -hmm. very well, I'm sure are a hundred percent spot on. So it's like, I just don't have an answer to it, but something that you've referenced in this episode is a difficult week Week? How long? When did this come out? In the last week? The what? The Dr. Jackie? The, the Dr. Jackie of it all yeah. has, I think, complicated matters. And for people might oh, compound, yeah. I mean, LOL, understatement of the year, and might compound matters when it comes to like, what is it that we're experiencing? And how does this tie into the sitting vice president of the, <laughs> I literally just forgot the name of our country, United States. <laughs> New Year. I'm like, I couldn't help you. I'm I in Canada. Right my eyes. Like, Where are we? <laughs> the sitting vice president of the United States coming on. So you're having this conversation where we're watching, you know, the com the computer, I think it was a computer, computer like slam shut. Dr. Jockey's like, oh my God, oh my God. We're kind of, many of us are kind of like rejoicing with her. This is a big fucking deal. Like, yeah. you should be really proud of yourself. And then this thing drops. 
that mm-hmm. happens to be connected exactly to this conversation that uh complicates even our feeling of celebration and pride in mm-hmm. watching that conversation take place. Can you provide a little bit of background on what it is that has um, gone viral? And and maybe Dr. Jackie's response. I watched that response video. Yeah. So, and this is what I'm saying about when you're weak and you're publicly weak, mm-hmm. like it's so easy like something happens and now you're completely off. Nobody, I don't think that people, I don't think anybody knows what to do at this point. So essentially, like you said, we see Dr. Jackie talking to Kamala Harris um, and she's talking about how we need to be vigilant as physicians and making sure that the black uh, maternal health rate is, um, is up to the standards of, white maternal or non-black, you know, maternal health rates and how, you know, it's important that physicians are listening to black women and all of these things. And then in comes a clip. I just want to know who cut the clip. Oh my God. Who put the clip out? Because this is back in 2020 or 2021. Oh yeah. Oh, not oh, 2000 LOL. Yeah. 2020. Yeah. <laughs> Doing great today. guys. <laughs> great. Yeah. 20. That's what I was thinking in my head. Yeah. Yeah. So and uh, Dr. Jackie, on her own accord, this is also, you have to put into context, I think they said it was April of 2020. Oof. So this is like right when social justice, like we hadn't quite gotten into like the part of it, but we were, we were roaring up because when was, oh gosh, I have to apologize. George Floyd. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'll have to think about that. But, um, so we are, we're rearing up, right. Talking about black lives matter, black maternal health came shortly after that. And Dr. Jackie is out here talking to heavenly on YouTube saying that black women need to be careful not to cry wolf, um, and trying to essentially manipulate the healthcare system so that they can get off work, which is problematic AF for so many reasons, but to have a black female physician say something like that is literally a nail in so many coffins, literally. So I'm, as someone who speaks for a living, I have certainly said some things that I wish I could go back and retract. I have absolutely stuck my foot in it, saying something off the cuff and it not meaning, you know, not even thinking about it and later being like, oh my God, whether it was because of something I was, that I was going through at the moment, maybe I wasn't paying attention. Maybe I've said things I wish, and I've apologized profusely for And it's up to people to decide to forgive me or not. But the truth is in this situation, for her to say that with her entire chest and so much conviction is costing lives because if a Black woman's going to say that, what are other people thinking about us? What do other people think? And as someone who is actively like deep, in fertility treatments and telling my husband, like he knows 
every number. We have a list of numbers. If something were to go wrong at any step, this is who you reach out to. People who can get onto social media, if something were to happen to me, to advocate, like I have that lined up and I'm not even pregnant yet. So this is a very real thing. And as she should have, she's been dragged on social media because people are equal parts disappointed as they are angry. And I'm not saying that one snapshot of your life or one thing encompasses your entire portfolio of work. That would be so incredibly unfair. But her response in the beginning was not it. And the second response, quite frankly, wasn't it either. She did a written response and then she did a video response. And I think when you are, and I'm not trying to police people's emotions because I'm sure she is feeling it. It happened right before Christmas. Like this sucks all the way around. There's no winner in this, no matter how much people want to see her, you know, eat crow or fall. Like, I don't want to see that. I really don't. But you can't center yourself and your emotions in this. Because although it's an emotional thing for Dr. Jackie to have to respond to and all of the vitriol that she's received, she needed to decenter herself from that apology and also explain all of the things that those statements contributed to. You, you have that, and then you bring in Buffy Purcell, who in all transparency, is I I love Buffy. I consider Buffy a friend. She has been an amazing financial advisor to me for years at this point. And she has always been very, very open and transparent about her experience on Married to Medicine. She has always said that she was offered another contract to come back. It was she who decided that she wanted no parts of the show because of how her personal story was handled. She has not detracted or deterred from that for years. And people have called her out and said she talks too much and she's just upset she's not on the show. Dr. Jackie outed her in a room full of people at a public event and on camera for being infertile. Dr. Jackie did that unprompted. And Buffy has always said that and how much that has changed her, something in her. And she used that. She absolutely did. And when Buffy requested an apology or that time came around, I remember like going back in my chair, like when she was like, I apologize. And that's the end of it. Like, what? <laughs> what what just happened? What happened? So, child, child, and Buffy has effectively, very effectively, put a complete P 
period, end of sentence on this whole thing. Because she not only talked about her experience and also showed her experience on her socials, but she also talked about her aunt Didi who lost her life during child or child support during childbirth because her doctor didn't believe that she was in pain and she suffered a stroke and the baby survived and her aunt Didi lost her life. That's terrible. So what else do you have to say at that point? So yeah, Dr. Jackie is in a major PR crisis. She is. And that sucks. And how do you, I mean, what's the next step here as far as Dr. Jackie, as far as the show? I think, and I don't want to be right about this, but you cannot, you have to show, you have to have some level of understanding as an ensemble cast. You do. You have to, you have to understand who you are and how you got there. And when you lose sight of that, and you start to make decisions that are not yours to make, it leaves you open for what grandma, big mama would say for the devil to come in. So when the Dr. Jackie scandal hit, you're so divided. Your audience is so divided and everybody's picking sides. And now you have this raider that's come in. It's going to be a scramble. And people have to understand who they are, how they got here, and how they're going to weather this storm. Because it is a storm for everyone to weather. And it would be best if you did it together. I'm just telling y'all. 100%. Quad included. Do you think Quad's going to be at the reunion? Did the reunion film? I don't even know what day it is. Is Do you think Quad's going to be there? As she mentioned, she said it's something that will come up at the reunion. She oh, said okay. that. Well, I assume yeah. that it won't happen on her behalf. I assume that she will be there. Yeah. Well, I hope so. Like, you can't. What do people think we're just going to forget? No. Like, you can't just like. <laughs> no, she oh, has well. to be. She like literally has to be there. And that's a situation where the cast can't be like, bye bye. Like, she deserves to have a voice at the table. I mean, she deserves to have a seat at the table. She, you know. That's that would Child, be wild. They I I know for anybody who might be listening, run this back. Married to medicine, you gotta get it together. You have to. I'm I'm holding you all personally accountable because this ain't it. It really ain't. Whatever's happening here, it ain't it. Figure it out. Figure it out. Paging Dr. Simone. <laughs> Dr. Jackie, Toya, Quad, a lot of pages, a lot of pages happening right now. We need to page a lot of people. Paging production, paging Andy, make sure you're on your shit at the reunion. Mm -hmm. Like, I, God, this has been a fascinating, I just feel like, I just, this has been just so fascinating. It really has. It just has, I don't know how you feel. How do you feel? I, well, it's, it is interesting. Well, I love, first of all, I love talking to you because I know we're not going to agree on everything. We're not going to disagree on everything. And it does create another perspective. Like how else are people consuming this show? Or what is the, you know, what is the prevailing feeling? Like understanding that everyone's feeling so differently about it. I hear from a lot of black content creators 
who are coming at it from either positions of having personal relationships or, you know, culture critic type things. And it is a situation like I always reference my big mama because she's in my head a lot, but big mama would say like, you can't do what they do. Meaning I, as a young black girl, can't get away with some things that my non-black counterparts, like the standard for me is different. And this is what I'm saying to the show. You can't do what they do. Like the standard for you is going to be different. And I don't love that. No one does, but it is the truth. And that's why I think that you need to, they need to get it together. They have to come together because if they don't, I don't think anyone is going to like the results of that. You already have someone who was supposed to be the queen bee, you know, the queen bee on the show. And She's being taken down actively. And I do not love to see anyone be taken down, especially for what essentially could have, I, I don't know. You know what? I'm not even going to get myself in trouble here. I'm just going to say that um, when you speak a lot, you're out in public a lot, you could say some things that aren't necessarily in your heart. However, there seems to be a prevailing feeling, um, especially like I think what, what was done to Buffy is absolutely inexcusable. And Mariah has come. See, see, now you're seeing like all of the things that people have been saying, Mariah has come out and talked about not only Jackie, but the situation with everything. And all of these stories that have been very consistent for years are given, are given light and they're given an ample, they're being amplified which they should be, Mm -hmm. but y'all are broken. You're broken and you have to fix it. Cause I would love to see Mariah and uh, Buffy come back. If we gonna do this, let's do it. Bring Mariah and Buffy, bring them back. Can you imagine? Bring them back. Phaedra can go. If Mariah came back, Quad would be, that would be the least of the concerns about how this cast is going to, actually, no, I don't know how, I don't know how, um, where Mariah's relationships are with members of the cast. It might be, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know that there's any tension between Mariah and the rest of the cast versus Mariah in production, where she said, I wasn't fairly compensated. I haven't been credited accordingly. Yeah. No, I I just watched the interview with her and I don't think there's there's a lot of love lost there. Yeah. Um and she was pretty honest about, you know, uh transparent about her feelings. Um I think that there is a potential door maybe slightly open for her and Quad, but I think that's the thing. Mhm. You're making decisions on casting. You don't know what's going to come from those decisions. <sighs> Fuck, man. It's a, it's a, 
oh god now i feel bad i just i, I just i'm sad now i'm married to men yeah. in a way i think i'm like too hopeful like it, 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 this could be bubble stuff happening honestly too there's a there are many different uh elements in play that i think can uh lead to someone having an opinion be formed you know it's like the creation of the opinion how does a person's bubble um affect that yeah yeah no, I, I mean, I hope great things, but they are going to have to weather a storm right now. And that's, it's not a great place to be in. And I wish they were in a stronger position to weather that storm. Yeah. Um, listen, in the uh, show notes for this episode, I'm including a link to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, um, which has some resources available uh, in conjunction with Black Maternal Health Week, which is recognized every year from April 11th to the 17th. So there are some resources um, and uh, discussion about bringing attention and action and improving Black maternal health. So a link to that uh, specific part of the CDC is going to be linked in the show notes to this episode. Um, Erica Cobb, fuck me, man. This is <laughs> fascinating. You know, it's like one of those things where, God, it's just, it's, uh, God, if there's one thing that I could say as the resolution for anyone listening for 2024, please watch Married to Med. I mean, my uh -huh. DMs today, people saying, thank you so much. I'm, uh, you know, I'm tardy to, uh, tardy to the party, but um, I'm on season XYZ and, and loving it. I could not more highly encourage it um, and hopefully encourage uh, content creators, especially non-Black content creators to talk about Married to Medicine. Like, rec mm -hmm. not that <laughs> content creators are like, what's Sarah saying today? <laughs> like, but just the idea that this is there's a, a responsibility, I think, when we get into the conversation of representation mattering to make sure that all black casts are represented in our content. Um, so and I just selfishly fucking love the shit out of this show. So mm -hmm. it is a true um, uh, honor, honestly, and a, a total delight um, to have the opportunity to discuss it. And thank you so much for being so generous with your time. Lord knows we've been recording for just a minute and a half, but I have just <laughs> flown by. I have flown by. Um, Erica Cobb, can you tell the folks where they can follow you on social, a little bit about your show, um, all that and more? Um, you can follow me at Erica Cobb on all platforms except for TikTok, which is I am Erica Cobb. Um, and my uh my podcast is Come Back with Erica Cobb. Um I do have quite a few episodes on Black maternal health. So if you're looking for um, some resources and stuff, um, there's an Earth app, I-R-T-H, which essentially is a Yelp for Black women um, and maternal health and talking about doctors and stuff that uh, may be great and some that you may want to steer away from. Um, but opening up that conversation is absolutely saving lives. So hop on to my YouTube or to the podcast and uh, check out any of those episodes. But Sarah, I thank you so much for so many reasons, but um, I really appreciate your platform and your audience. And thank you for having me on. Um, you know, I'm obsessed with you. I'm going to link as well to your YouTube in the show notes for this episode. It's super important that people check out um, uh, the work that you have done and the attention that you have paid. Um, and I'm just so thankful to you. I'm just so fucking thankful to you because I mean, Jesus, it's just 
your eye on all of this and your views on all things Bravo and how that connects to LOL, the greater universe and the universe in which we live. Um, it's just so important and so influential. And I am greatly influenced whenever we uh, talk, connect, you know, on recordings off. Um, so I just need to thank you so much. This was really it was a total thrill. I have to tell you, I um, really, really, really treasure our time together. So I just want to say thanks. I do too. Thank you. Guys, join the Andy's Girls Patreon. Number one way support of the way <laughs> I just tried to say that as quickly as possible because I'm out of words. Join the, the Andy's Girls Patreon. It's the number one way to support the pod. You get exclusive bonus episodes and so much more at patreon.com slash Andy's Girls and follow me on social, Instagram and threads at Dame Galley. And thanks to all of you for listening. And I hope you're watching Married to Medicine. And if you're listening to this episode and not watching Married to Medicine, well, you are halfway there and kudos to you for that. But please catch up. And yes, you should ideally start from the beginning. And by ideally, I mean, absolutely, that is a mandate. So um, thank me later or really just honestly thank yourself um best show on bravo and this was a a wonderful wonderful episode so thanks to erica for guesting all of you for listening and we will chat with you soon bye-bye